Welcome to But Jesus Drank Wine and other stories that kept us stuck. I'm Mead. And I'm Christy. In this podcast, we'll explore the stories that kept us, well, stuck, wanting to drink and not wanting to drink all at the same time. Join us as we show you that freedom from alcohol does not have to mean a life sentence of misery and missing out, but actually means living an authentic life full of peace, joy, and purpose. Hi, babe. (laughs) Hello. Oh my gosh. We have the giggle. We have the giggles today. We so (laughs) it's it's like pouring down rain in both of our places, and we just had to bring some fun to to this day. So we are giggling away as we get started. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, let's just can we take a minute and talk about like all the amazing guests and people that have been on and like how amazing the the conversations have been lately. Like I'm just. I like listen to them multiple times because I just love hearing like these people that we get to talk to stories. They're so good. I know. And then, yeah, like I, you know, it happens to me when we're doing these and I'm like, oh wait, I have to participate in this interview because I get, I get so swept away by these people's incredible, incredible stories. And then to hear, you know, to get texts from clients and friends and you know are saying like oh my gosh like this this stood out and oh my gosh it's been so amazing we're so so grateful I know I know I know but today it's just us (laughs) (laughs) and today you're stuck with us today it's just the two of us you guys I'm sorry but we do have a really fun a really fun chat we're gonna like do it the same style if you guys listen to the our you know 10 top things about being a non-drinker we've both made our own list it was supposed to be five but of course we're overachievers (laughs) five misconceptions of non-drinkers or women that live alcohol free because I think it's important to point these out as total baloney (laughs) Yeah, let's right? let's call out the stories around non-drinkers, right? Yeah. 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 This this was fun too because, you know, the other episode we were talking about like the best things about having found freedom from alcohol and like the things that open up as a result, and I think this is a fun one too because it really hits at, you know, some of these fears that we have about how we might be perceived if we're considering yeah. stepping into this life and I mean, essentially living differently. Like it's it's countercultural to live as a non-drinker in this day and age because alcohol is everywhere. So yeah, I, I definitely, I'm excited about it. You want to kick us off? Yeah, yeah. And just like really quick to respond to that too. I think when we're doing this work, it's like a two-part thing of like realizing that not letting, you know, what other people think bother you because we can't control it. But in this episode today, we get to say that you don't have to worry about this stuff because it's so not true. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's just not, it's, yeah, it's not true. Let's call out the stories and yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can go first okay. because you Thank just you. pick us off. Yeah. What's your first your first misconception that you've run into like living alcohol free of like being a non-drinker that other people think? Well, I mean, I think the obvious one right in our space is that, that we can't drink or that we have a problem. And so I think that's an obvious one. And that speaks to, you know, the, the episode we did, you know, am I an alcoholic? And, you know, we can 
point people to that episode to kind of get into the ins and outs of that. But I'm always brought back to this idea of, you know, freedom is synonymous with having, with having choice and, you know, empowerment and the fact that I'm a non-drinker. I mean, our old way of thinking, right? Traditional programming would say that if you're a non-drinker, if you're the person that at a cocktail party that is not drinking, that must mean you have a problem. I just kind of wanted to, you know, umbrella that as, it's not necessarily that. And I think that's what we're largely working towards shifting culturally is that idea that we can just choose not to drink. You don't even have to have been a gray area drinker and feel like you it wasn't working for you. Just a, choosing not to drink doesn't mean, you know, you had a problem or you you can't drink. Yeah, I had the same thing, but I had it split up into two. Like I had that like we, you know, we didn't have a massive rock bottom. Like that's obviously exactly what you just said. Like there doesn't need to be a defining moment. There can be lots of little moments, which you and I both have talked about that we've had. But it could also just be that you want to feel better or you want to sleep better or or anything like that. And thankfully, our society is shifting into that like, oh, okay, this is being seen as a wellness a wellness decision, a health hack, the best thing that you can possibly do for your health. You know, we are getting there closer and closer to that being a realization. But I still think there is this misconception that if you don't drink, you've exactly what you said. You had some sort of massive problem. You had a, a massive like rock bottom or something happened or you're a self-declared diseased alcoholic. And that's just not true. It's not true for me. It's not true for you. And it's not true for pretty much everyone. I think that ends up winding up in our coaching universe, right? Yeah, and I love how I hear all the time from people that have kids who are in that, I guess they're the Gen Zers maybe, that they'll say that, you know, alcohol is my parents' drug and they're choosing not to drink alcohol because they, you know, for all the reasons that you just said, like from that, like kind of a health standpoint. And, and, I, and I love being able to share those other possibilities for, why someone may choose not to drink in any setting. It doesn't automatically mean what it used to maybe mean when we were just thinking about it from a traditional programming lens. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And then like the other one that kind of like piggybacked on what you just said is I think there's a misconception that we're, that we feel deprived and that we're desperate to drink or wish that we could, (laughs) wish that we could drink. Which is like, by the way, like, like, rewind, that was my fear, right? I was, I was so fearful that I would feel deprived and I would feel like I was always desperate for a drink, but that I could not have it. But as you said, it's a choice. We are choosing not to drink. We can drink all the drinks that we want to drink. We're choosing not to, you know, and, and that small shift from, I don't remember if I've told this story, but like, have I told the story about like how Carter would always take the wine list for me? Did I tell we told uh, this? No, I don't think so. So like we would like he doesn't do it anymore because he <laughs> I've told I've, I've said it too many times. But anytime we were at a restaurant and like they handed the like the wine list, he would always grab it and be like, "Mommy, you can't have that." And I kept saying, "Carter, I can totally have that. I can have all the wine on that wine list." But I'm choosing not to because I know it doesn't make me feel good anymore. He doesn't do it anymore. But like that's a really subtle shift, right? Of like the choice, like you said. 
Yeah. And I think it speaks so, that's what I couldn't, early in my like journey when I was first brave enough to bring like my awareness to my relationship to alcohol and how I had that internal conflict around it, like wanting to drink and not wanting to drink it. I could see it as, okay, you know, alcohol is getting in the way. I don't, so I, I don't want it to be in my life. I, like I, if I remove alcohol, then I'll feel what I, what I'm looking to feel where I'm not, you know, feeling miserable. But as we've talked before, as I share all the time, like it was the realization that moving that alcohol isn't really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for removing the desire to drink alcohol so that I don't end up in a place of deprivation because freedom to me would not be just being a non-drinker. Freedom to me is being a non-drinker and not feeling deprived to your point. And yeah. Yeah. So good. That's so good. So good. So, so good. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that's, that's the freedom of it. And I think that is where I get really, really, really excited about having, being fortunate enough. Like I'm so grateful for this platform for being able to share like we do around this because, you know, there is, has, or, you know, past linear thinking puts us in that there's a deprivation. And so, I mean, I know I have friends still after, I mean, it's been over, over three years who are still like, like, no, like for real, like you for really real, don't yeah. want that. Like, are you like, yeah. no, like tell me, no, like seriously, you can tell me like, no legit. You couldn't pay me to drink that. And it's not taking any effort to not drink that. I don't, I don't have any desire. There is zero benefit and only. Yeah. 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 I actually had a school mom, just like a random school mom, say that to me at a, like at pickup one day. We were, she, I think she saw my Instagram. I don't know how, but she was like, yeah, I think it's okay for some, but I think for most people, you know, that can't, that can't, again, the can't, can't drink, they're just going to feel deprived for the rest of their life. And I was like, oh, sister. If you only, I don't have enough time because we're walking into school, (laughs) but it's so wrong. (laughs) It is. And I I wonder how much of that too is, you know, that inability to not want to possibly see it a different way because there's a comfort in staying in our, like stay, even though we're miserable, maybe drinking, staying stuck in what's the, the known of that. I mean, I get that too. So yeah. Yeah. My gosh. What's next on your list? So that we're all, you know, kind of like the flip side of that, the people that are living in freedom and like, oh my gosh, this is amazing because it is that we're anti-alcohol evangelists, like that we, that we care and we're trying to, well, okay, there's two parts there, right? (laughs) That, that we She's getting really excited over there. I know. As I start preaching. I thought you were going to I thought you were going to jump up and start dancing. <laughs> no, no, that's just, that's just my old trick. We really name. aren't. We really aren't evangelists. And she's like waving her hands like a me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. That, that, that's just my old trick knee act, acting up under the desk that I'm <laughs> having to navigate. But yeah, like it's the that I care if other people are drinking and it, and yeah. And there's a part of it that, yeah, sure. There's when you know what you know about alcohol and how it affects our brain and our body and our health and all of those things, there is legit concern for people that we love and care about 
when they're putting that toxic substance into their body. But this is, I do not care. I do not care if you drink or not. And I mean, you do you. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down the, I wrote down similar, similarly, we judge other people that are drinking slash we're counting your drinks. I promise we're not counting your drinks. I promise we actually have no idea how much you drink. I, I, I promise you that we're probably more concerned with what time we can go home. Yeah. And go to bed. I, I, I was just going to say it goes back to like, you know, one, two, three, back to me. I'm not really paying attention to what you're doing. All I'm thinking about is I'm, I'm here as long as I'm having fun, but also I can't wait to go home and get a good night's rest. And so what, what time can I, where does it shift that I can, yeah, peace out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too, right? Is like, how could we ever be judgy and judgmental of people as, and especially when it comes to like the whole, you know, moms who drink and, and rely on, you know, alcohol as the way to get through parenting. Like how could we judge when we're the ones that like spearheaded the, the club, you know? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the thing I have, and maybe I'll drop these in the, in the community. Gosh, I have so many pictures and videos of me and that place of, yeah, just being stuck in that cycle. I, I you know, I mean, I, there is no judgment coming from me because I was there. Or if you're not there, like even if you're not stuck in that, like, I, you know, I don't, it doesn't bother me. But I did, I, I think about the beginning of my journey and how I'll learn the hard way that, I mean, I do get very obviously passionate, very excited about things that I've learned that I'm like, who knew? I didn't, I, I legit didn't yeah. know yeah. that alcohol was ethanol. I did not know that that was the thing that went in my guess. Like that kind of stuff, the learning that came from that. And I'm someone that if I find something, everyone who knows me right now, as I'm saying this is like, oh yeah. When I learn something new, I'm excited to share it and I get a little passionate about it. So I did learn early on in the journey when I was newly free from alcohol that that people probably did perceive that I was judging them and and I I own that and I apologize for that because it wasn't that I was judging it was I was very excited but I can totally see how it came across as that yeah yeah totally a hundred percent and yeah I mean I, I told the story about walking into the barbecue and telling everyone they were yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were literally going to die of cancer. I mean, I didn't, I don't think it was that extreme, but it was, it was pretty close, you know, but yeah, we're, yeah, we're just not, we're just not judgmental. And I think I actually like went back and re-listened to the coach Scott episode because I wanted to hear what he said again about a few things. And we got, we either he or one of us said something to the effect of like, it, we're just never going to understand anybody's relationship and experience with alcohol in you know to the extent that we could judge if that makes sense do you know what I mean am I making sense like I have no idea what's going on in your head I don't know why you're drinking what you're drinking so I'm not going to judge you for drinking because I don't know if it's because you're celebrating or because you're miserable or whatever it is but like, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not in your head. So how could I, does that make sense? I'm not going to judge you because I don't, I don't know what your, what your relationship is with alcohol for real. And I don't know why you're drinking it. And so that's, yeah. Yeah. Am I making and, sense? 
<laughs> yeah, no, for sure. It, well, it's the idea that like you, we know, we've learned that you can't, and I think this is part of like the, the, the process of removing shame from whatever areas of our lives where we feel shame around things we've done or said or thought or whatever, is that idea that we can't ever really know what is going on in somebody else's you know, mine. So like, we don't have the full picture. We don't have that. Like, similarly, I can't know what you're thinking about me. So how am I gonna, you know, think I have it all figured out what yours, what your situation looks like? That's not for me to know unless you want to share that with me. And then we can talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, and then, you know, tie that back into that's the beauty of coaching, because that's when you do get to understand what someone's alcohol stories are and what they are thinking. But I think for the purposes of just us being out with friends, like you guys, if you're, if you're a friend and you know us, we're not judging what you're drinking. We don't know how much you're drinking. We're not counting your drinks and we don't care that you're drinking because we were drinkers too. (laughs) Well, and similarly in the coaching relationship, you know, I, I think this this often happens when I'm newly working with somebody for you know for the first time, and they're talking about like how much they're how much they're they drank or how much they're drinking, and and they're using the and they're looking for that like okay, well I drank this much, and it's it's very amount oriented, and I'm like yeah, I yeah. I don't I don't care because number one I'm not judging whatever that amount is. If you need to talk about that and we can look for the conflict in your thinking by you talking about that, like bring it on. But also like as, as part of that, I'm more looking at, you know, why don't you feel peace with your relationship to alcohol? And let's talk about that versus, and, and the thinking that creates that conflict and therefore, you know, that kind of that action, that behavior versus, okay, like I'm drinking this much and is that a problem? Well, I, I don't know. I don't get to call that for anybody else, right? Yeah, that's so good. That's so, so good because it is. It has nothing literally to do with the the amount, right? It literally has nothing to do with the amount. And that's the problem, right, with going to any of these, like, ran, random online tests or trying to figure out if you're you – ha- you know, you have a quote-unquote problem – with any any of these things that you're googling online because it's just not it's not you you know in the UK we talk about units is that what they say in the US as well I forget I think just drinks like okay yeah so here it's units it's everyone's talking about like how many units you drink I'm like listen lady it doesn't have anything to do with how many units it's like how are you feeling about the the, the one unit or the 15 units I don't know let's talk about how it's making you feel you know yes exactly yeah. So we got on a tangent. <laughs> That's okay. No, not us. <laughs> all right, you go next. Um, okay, well, I'm all, I've moved all around here. Okay, so one of the ones on my list is we are going to be in quote-unquote recovery for the rest of our lives. And so this, again, I get, think ties back to the idea of, not the idea, like, you know, free being free. As like, you know, your pot, your podcast, your Instagram handle. I'm not sober. I'm free. It's so good. I love that. But this idea of like, you're free from alcohol and, and then you get to do, as you always say, this amazing work that we get to do on all the other things when the alcohol piece is removed from the puzzle. Right. But I'm not in recovery. <laughs> and, but, but at the same time, I was thinking about this today, actually, because someone wrote something on my Instagram and I was like, no, I'm not in recovery, 
but I'm also not recovered, right? Because again, it's like, it is this, it's work that we're doing because we get to do it because we want to figure out how to like, just live our lives in a more purposeful for the good of others and glory of God, all of that. And, and life doesn't become perfect when you remove alcohol from the picture. Like there's life is lifey and things come up and you have to deal with mindset, you know, stuff and coping mechanisms and boundaries and everything all the time for different issues. But I'm not in recovery, <laughs> you know, like I'm not. I get to do amazing work to become a better daughter of Christ and mother and all of that great stuff. But it's not an everyday battle. And I, it's not like I'm am – I, am I making sense? Yeah. No, I, you're, I totally agree. You're, not, I you're nodding. You're nodding. So I, I think am. I'm making sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I am. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's why I like to say, like, for me, I see this as, well, number one, I think recovery implies there's something wrong and something needs to be fixed and something is broken. And, and so we have to recover what's lost or we have to fix what is deficient. And I call can I say BS on here? I call BS on that. Bologna sandwiches. That's right. Bologna Sammies. Because there isn't anything wrong with us. We we all have the condition of being human. And so whether your thing is wine that's getting in the way of your life, your everyday, whatever your everyday addiction is. And I mean, th- there could be a million things that distract us. It doesn't matter. I, I, I've never resonated with the idea that this is a recovery journey because... There is nothing wrong with us. I love to say this is a discovery journey because finding freedom from alcohol, I thought was like the last piece of the puzzle. Turns out it was like the first piece of this new puzzle that I got to, that I that I now get to put together and create in a really intentional, beautiful, thoughtful way versus finishing that, you know, finding that last piece, removing alcohol, and then that's it. It's like, no, this, now I get to discover things that when I was drinking, and again, I go back to like, it's not just the time I was drinking, it's the time I was thinking about it, the time that I was prepping for it, the time I was recovering from it, the time that, the time that in space that alcohol took up in my life as a gray area drinker who people would never have guessed from the outside looking in that there was anything amiss with my drinking, but like, that that cloud that that carries doesn't exactly allow for discovery and curiosity and eyes wide open. And I mean, that was just a very dull, low level, low grade irritability, high grade irritability kind of situation. And so, gosh, like having a blank canvas that comes from discovery is just the best part of this. It's it's what we get to do. Yeah. It's so good. I'm just like, I'm trying to find the Bible verse that I want to run the, the run the race verse. What is it? You know, I was actually talking, do you remember what it is? I know. So anyways, I think it was Paul talking about running the race, right? And so I was actually talking about this with the client today because, you know, she was, she was talking, she's come so far. She's doing so amazing. She's hitting a hundred days alcohol free on Monday. And she was like, feeling like that she should feel like more finished, right? That she should, everything should be perfect and the unicorns and the rainbows should be flying everywhere and, and the work is done. And that's not, 
And I said, but what is the Bible? Like, what does the Bible say? The Bible says the race is over at the end of our life, right? That's when we get to say we've run the race. That's when we get to say, like, here's what I did, right? It's at the end. It's not when alcohol is removed. It's not after you do a bunch of other self-development work. It's still, there's still stuff because life is, life is lifey. And it's how you deal with all of those obstacles that come in your way. And so, yeah, I don't know how we got there, but like, I just, I don't, I don't love the recovery idea either. And I feel like at, on one hand, right, it's like we've, we put the alcohol thing to bed, but there's so much other great stuff that we get to do. And so, but it doesn't feel like it's something that's akin to a recovery. It feels like such a much more beautiful, positive thing that we, we get to do. Yeah. Well, cause we, yeah, we step out in freedom as our human, human selves versus, you know, when alcohol is taking up that much space in our, in our lives and maybe has, you know, is sitting on the throne of our hearts versus, you know, having the Lord as, as on that throne. It's of course that, that journey's never done because I mean, how easy is it to, then have something else that distracts me and takes up maybe that space. But that's also part of, you know, running, running the race and, and, and growing more connected with, with the Lord and the process versus checking out, you know? Yeah. And the, and the devil, you know, you know, evil, the enemy doesn't stop planting other stories just because we've dispelled the alcohol was right. Then you get to like, like for, you know, for me, and we, are not gonna, we don't have to go down this whole road, but like for me, when the alcohol story, stories were overturned, like I had to deal with the body image story and the diet story and all of that story, you know, and, and that's still kind of in there somewhere. And I still like struggle with that, but, but there are other stories and, and, and that's the whole point of, right. Of, of the enemy, like that's where he gets in. He gets in, in our mind. He is the one that is planting these like false stories and he is the one that like when you overturn one, he's going to put something else in. And so it's, it is forever work, but it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So true. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for that. I was like, we've got to switch spots here. <laughs> Just you know, mix it up a bit, keep you on your toes. <laughs> I have I have one client who says she can't tell us apart, like our voices, and I'm like, but can't oh, you tell really? that Mead's so southern? And but you kind of you you dip in and out of like the the southern droll. Is that what you call it, droll? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, we're Looney Tunes today. I don't Looney Tunies. Well, if it's I don't know. You might hear a little valley girl in there too from me. So I, I, that <laughs> so maybe I've replaced the valley girl with Southern. But I, I love that she can't tell the difference because, you know, I love your voice. I love your voice too. I literally can't. You guys, I can't actually when, I, when I'm listening to these back and I start to laugh, I, like my shoulders go into my ears and I cringe because I'm like, who wants to listen to that laugh? It's like nails on a chalkboard. I'm so sorry. Yeah. What is that? That's so not true. I love your laugh. But what is that thing? I want to know what that, any scientists out there, whatever, let us know what the thing is where you can't stand your own voice. Like, oh, yeah. That's that? the thing. But yeah, like what is that thing or your own laugh? Because yeah. Yeah. I'm the same I have way. a friend. I actually have two friends. That's I have two girlfriends who re- I refuse to leave voice notes. 
And wow. I'm like, you know how you and I voice note mm-hmm. each other all day long, all throughout the day and night? Like, they refuse. And I'm like, but you're just, it's so much easier because you just press the button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so true how did we get here i don't know but it's super fun i don't know but i guess what's next <laughs> i'm having a ball i don't know i i mean this ties back to like all the things too but that that were boring i mean clear oh oh that <laughs> was my first one you're we were boring yes. no fun wait did you type yours out that's so cute no, this is on my little remarkable pad thing oh okay yeah it's you so have to cute. get yours back didn't you say you gave it away you have to get it back it's so no. helpful i i write I oh write. oh right oh mm. sorry <laughs> i like color okay like i think we've just we're really not boring we promise <laughs> Do we even have to say any words about that? Because I feel like this whole conversation's proving that. No, I don't know. We have a good I do time. like to say words about this because I'm really proud to report that I have danced on a table. I have sang karaoke. Yeah, I have. Get it, girl. I have sang karaoke. And there was, some, there was another one that's like totally wild and crazy that I can't remember. But like, I've done all that stuff not drinking. So how's that boring? Yes. And I have... <laughs> I have some pictures of me as dressed as Big Mama with little sis, my eight-year-old. Who's, who's Big Mama? My my middle child. He named me Big Mama when I was pregnant <laughs> with the third. You're the smallest mama I've ever seen. No, but he so- was super cute. He's like three, four years old, and he's like, he's like, Mama, you're Big Mama, and I was, I just thought it was precious, so it stuck. So my rapper name is Big Mama, and. <laughs> When Lily Jet and I get to rapping at night, she's little sis, and we have a whole situation. How did we get here? But, but it's like that is not boring. When I'm spending, you know, those pre bedtime hours with her rapping, like my kids can't get over the fact that I can like beatbox a little bit. Okay, all right. Okay, wait a minute. Too far. I know. Too far. No, 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 no. I want to hear it. No. Oh gosh, no. That's yes. not gonna happen. No. No. Okay, babe. I want to rap next episode. Mm, maybe I'll do it in, maybe I'll do it in the community. <laughs> Save it for the community. If you want to hear it, if you want to hear Big Mama live. <laughs> oh my gosh. How, how have we gotten here? I just I love know. it. We're, we're loony today. We're loony today. Okay. We were really bored. We're really not boring. We're super fun. And also I do have to say about that though, that one of my biggest fears in, you know, venturing into this space of like, what if I do something about this alcohol situation was that I wouldn't be any fun. And I know we've talked about this on other episodes, but it was such a big one for me. My identity largely in probably not a great way was wrapped up in the fact that I am, I am pretty fun. I have a good time. And one of the, one of the greatest gifts of becoming alcohol you know finding freedom from alcohol and living in this space is that I'm continually finding that actually I I mean a it's more fun and also I am still fun that's not just something that alcohol so you know so-called gave me it's part of kind of who I am too like that's just part of my personality and and that's really cool to see too because I was I was afraid that that would you know be different so not boring. 
so so true and so good and I just want to add to that that like if you are in this at the beginning and you feel like it feels so weird and you don't feel fun in the beginning to keep going because confidence comes with doing the thing over and over again until you realize that you have that out-of-body experience that you're like oh wait I am so I actually am really fun and it takes a little bit of time and it takes doing different things and if we've been drinking for decades and we haven't done anything without alcohol, it does feel weird and it takes a few repetitions to do this stuff before this settles, right? Like you're not gonna, you're just not going to feel confident out of the box, out of the gate, whatever, but you will get there and we are really fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the, yeah, the experiential knowledge that helps us really reinforce those new pathways that we've created by saying that we've disrupted the old pathways that say that alcohol is necessary for fun or to be fun and how we want to you know show up and we've disrupted that but also because it's new and different as long as we are keeping that like open mind and almost that experimental mindset that we talk so much about it's like okay like I get to see is this is this true or not and then the more experience we have it it affirms it I don't know anybody that it hasn't affirmed to be honest like I don't have anyone that's come to me and said you were wrong about this and this is a this is a story that there's not a single client of mine that doesn't have this variation of a story of like but either life won't be fun or I won't be fun if I'm not drinking same yeah 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 and this is a thing it's just not true so it's just awesome it's just awesome. It really is. Are, do you have any more on your list, my darling? Oh, well, I have that we don't like to host, which I still really like to have people over and I still like to have a, a party, but I do have a pillow that says, please leave by 9 p.m., <laughs> which one of my really good girlfriends got for me as a birthday present. And it's so good because it's true. But yeah, I mean, I think it just, right, it just ties back into the like, we do like to do things and and we we can be social and we can be around people and we ha- we get to design a life that we love and you know what what do you always say not by default which is so awesome and so yeah yeah exactly i'm i'm so aligned with that too and when it's coming from a place of of choice of freedom in that like i think about maybe how often i would have hosted things before out of feeling like that's something I needed to do or because also in a way like it's it's that opportunity to sit back and drink that wine and not you know as long as I'm like not drinking it by myself all the time then I feel better about what I'm doing and so I mean I've taken this in a kind of a a boring direction but but I also I think it's when you're living from that place of like freedom and choice it's like just because we don't drink doesn't mean we're not you know, able to do things that normally we would love to do. That's where that entanglement comes up so often with our stories and alcohol. And so, yeah. On yeah, on. that is so, I'm so true. <laughs> I can't, I can't. I'm going to have to start saying something else. <laughs> what, do you have anything else on your list? Um, I have, this was just, I mean, yeah, it's funny. My list it all kind of like, you know, goes together, but that we're weak. Like, and I think this Ooh. ties. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> Who thinks that about us? <laughs> 
Well, I, yeah, exactly, right? Well, I think it it ties back to the whole, you know, idea that non-drinkers must have a problem and so and then we can't and it ties back to like being in recovery so to speak and that we and so I I just think about how hard it is to live counterculturally and I mean I know we kind of like talked about this in the beginning but this is something that just comes up over and over again like how I love seeing my clients stepping into that confidence and boldness and that comes with finding freedom from alcohol that when they're stepping out there, like as a non-drinker, like loudly and proudly as a non-drinker, I mean, there's just nothing, there's nothing weak about it. It's, it's super cool. And I also see where when we're stepping out loudly and proudly, boldly, confident, confidently as non-drinkers, I can also see where that probably creates some of the other like misconceptions about non-drinkers and that we're anti-alcohol evangelists and that we're judging other people, but it's, it's more about, that we're doing this kind of like really cool thing to live counterculturally. Like it's not easily done. Yeah. No, I love that so much. And I think when I've had, and I'm sure you have too, like clients come with the story that, you know, drinking is rebellious and they like that kind of rebellious part of it. But I'm always like, but lady, like being a non-drinker is the most rebellious thing you can do. Like 86% of America drinks or whatever it is. I made that up. Just someone fact check me. But like everybody drinks, right? Being a non-drinker, as you said, is is countercultural. Being a non-drinker is the rebellious thing. Being a non-drinker. Oh, and I was thinking about this today, by the way, with two guests that I don't think, I don't know when they're coming up, but like two guests have said like back to back that like, they made the decision to live alcohol free because they wanted to live a life that was set apart and that was just ex- an exceptional life. And they realized that cutting out alcohol meant that they could live that that set apart, exceptional, you know, life of but whatever that we we're not going to talk about with the guests. But like I was thinking about that today, that it's just it is the it is the different thing to do. And I know that can sound scary, but if you flip it on its head to just like being the change maker, being the brave one, being the generational trauma, like trauma, you know, blaster. I don't know. I'm making this stuff up, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it is so cool. And it, and yeah, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. I so much it is it is so cool and you're exactly right it's that the people do find that like it appeals to my rebellious spirit to be a drinker and it's like wait 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 that's a story and let's let's look at it this a different way actually the more rebellious thing is to live counterculturally and whether it's in choosing to be free from alcohol and not drinking alcohol or living alcohol free and whatever you want to call it or we're you know stepping out boldly, confidently as sisters in Christ and daughters of the King, like that is something to, I mean, that's countercultural. And so it just, I don't know, it all, it all fits together. Of course it does. And it also is one of those where I'm like, well, stepping out in that way too. I mean, it's not all by our, not, not all by our power and our own doing, which is even better. Yeah. Are we, do we have a Tina today? Oh yeah! Oh, <laughs> oh! Tiny, tiny Tina time. Tiny Tina time. I think just like 
I was just going to say just if if any of these misconceptions have like held you back be open <laughs> here's a new one be open to the to be curious <laughs> be open and curious <laughs> change your thinking change your drinking that it could be it might not be correct because we just told you that it's not true for us <laughs> and if there's any so yeah I love how we do this we're like one tiny new action and we're like and here are three because I'm gonna <laughs> add on to that if any of these, if you notice like a charge in any of these or like a react, like if you felt a certain like, uh, with anything that we've said today, anything that's made you uncomfortable or pay attention to that and be open and curious about that and what it could be pointing to in the way of a fear that you have and how that might be holding you back in your journey. So pay attention to your shift in affect. Like when things bother us, there's a there's some clue to something that we should be paying attention to or we could be paying attention to that can help us on our journey. And so just notice that. That's the invitation for our tiny little Tina. So fun. I love doing this with you, babe. It's just Me? the best. Yeah, same. And thank you for everybody out there that is listening that probably has cut this off by now, this episode. But <laughs> <laughs> if you've made it to the end, like, I mean, the response, the feedback we're getting, yeah. you're so yeah. incredibly humbled yeah. and grateful for the encouragement and the support and the feedback and the listenership. I don't know what numbers are good or bad or whatever and I don't even care it's that it seems that you know people are finding some something in what we're saying and it's the greatest honor and to to be able to sit here and share it so thanks thanks y'all thank you my friend I love that all right ladies and any gents out there we'll see you next Monday Thank you so much for joining us again this week. You can find all of our episodes at butjesusdrankwine.com and make sure you follow us over on the gram at Love Life Sober with Christy and Mead at I'm Not Sober, I'm Free. To learn more about what we do, you can visit our websites at meadhollandshirley.com and lovelifesober.com. Take a screenshot of this podcast and share it with a friend or two. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't have to worry about missing a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. This helps more women who are feeling stuck and alone in the overdrinking cycle to find hope and encouragement. Thanks, ladies. We so appreciate you. We'll see you next week.